Hello, and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ, with my co-host, Dad. And today's sponsor is Manila Folders because... Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, notice I said Manila. Not vanilla. Yeah, because those wouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> we would have consumed. Manila Folders really, I guess the best thing I could say are helpful. They keep us organized. And then the truth is, they're potentially obsolete because now we have folders on our compu computers and I just don't want manila folders to be left out. They deserve a fair shake. Well, they deserve to be brought up on Weary Dads. And the truth is... I, I We're going to make the difference. No, no, because I don't really like manila folders. I like colored ones because they help me remember all, all the stuff that's in the red one is for nations of coaches, all the stuff in the blue. That is for personal. Green has to deal with whatever. So Ooh, I just green will forever remain a mystery. Yeah, forever a ministry. So today's topic yep. is on um, basically ripped straight from Paul David Tripp's uh, parenting: fourteen gospel principles that can radically change your life, your family. Excuse me. 14 gospel principles that can radically change your family. And I was reading one of the chapters and I finished it. I walked over to my boys and said, I need to have a serious conversation with you. And it was a chapter on inability. And I mm. pulled them aside because I recognized a pattern in my own life that he was addressing. And he, the, the whole point of the book in parenting these 14 gospel principles is that each gospel principle is a way that we often get parenting wrong, right? And a lot of these apply to life in general. About And there are principles that we get wrong, and so it's foundational stuff that kind of bubbles up. So if I believe that it's my job to change my child's heart, then I will parent badly. And so it's not bad to... Uh, exercise your authority. It's not bad to discipline and to correct. You shouldn't call wrong right or right wrong, but the way that you handle discipline will change when you realize that one, the goal of parenting is to reach the heart of your child, and two, you can't reach the heart of your child. So when you said the first line of that it... Um, you can't change your child right away. I thought of doom, 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 pressure, pressure falling down on me. Anyhow, because in all reality, there is this immense pressure at times to help our kids be who we think they should be in the timetable that we think they should be there. And yes, there is responsibility for the behavior of your children's um, in areas and so forth. In other words, the discipline. But the truth is, some of that you can only do outer stuff anyhow. The inner man is a walk between God and that person, that being, you know. And 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 I just sit there and think, man, so much ways if we will look unto Christ. That relieves a lot, and I'm careful how I use this word, relieves a lot of pressure. I um, 
was reading uh, a trip today in New Morning Mercies, and he was dealing with some of this. Like, we work so hard at making ourselves, you know, be good and do the right things. And here's what he, his premise for today in New Morning Mercies was, um, to whom do you cry? If you cry to others, that sounds like complaining. If you cry to yourself, it sounds like self-loathing. But in the Psalms, he says, cry unto me, look unto me. Uh, There was wailing. Uh, You know, you look at the psalmist and they were incessantly either songs of discouragement or, or, or praise, but there was looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So as we talk about parenting, and the truth is, even as you and I are doing this, Becky's about ready to have, that is PJ's wife. PJ's wife is about ready to have another baby, and that will add another layer of opportunity. A daughter. For God to work. Yeah. That's a whole other dimension. Yeah. Um, Very excited about that, of course, but yeah, it's a whole other dimension. Um, I, I think I want to talk a little bit, there, there's a lot of different ways that we can solve this issue, right? Or we can talk about examples of solving this issue of, um, recognizing our inability to change our children's heart. Uh, but first I want to talk about what are the, what are negative examples? What does it look like when it goes wrong? And so, and this is what struck me because I'd been doing this. Uh, and it generally... And of course, it's going to vary from kid to kid. But generally, you have two responses. You have fight or flight. You have the angry child and you have the fearful child, right? And so when there is conflict in the home and kids are not doing what they're supposed to, uh, there is that desire to know this is going to, like, you need to change your behavior, right? And so if you have a kid who is not changing their behavior, the tendency... And this is what I found myself doing is escalating punishments, escalating your voice, escalating your intensity. And the idea is if I just put enough pressure, pressure, I will get the child to do what I want. And so with the flight child, the the fearful child, what you do is you get that. Child number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, and he has his moments of like, and that's where, you know, there are two basic responses, but he'll go back and forth. Right. 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 But, uh, what you end up with is a kid who conforms to the rules because it's easy or because they're scared and either they internalize it and they stay a kid forever Mm -hmm. where they're like, oh, I'm not going to like, they, they worry about what their parents think into the thirties. And it's nothing wrong with thinking about what your parents think and it, and it, uh, not uh, evaluating it, but uh, um, not in, caring is is a little too strong. It's this idea of valuing what your parents have to say to you. And we should right? value, but we don't. But you, you you're, not you're not a not child. Controlled. Yeah, yeah you're, you're not, not controlled by it. And we see that we see oh, adults yeah. who are controlled by it. And then on the other side, we see kids who they're fearful. They're fearful, and as soon as they get any freedom then they just go wild because they don't have this outer constraint and they haven't internalized it. And neither of those are healthy. And then of course you have, (laughs) and in some ways this is almost better because it forces the parent to confront their own weakness is um, what I would say. It's like, it's more uh, apparent at the time. I I think either one is just different. You could see it quicker. But 
when you have the kid who fights and it, it just keeps escalating, they keep pushing and you keep pushing back and that's Soren, right? He's just like, I'm doing my thing. Why are you messing with me doing my thing? And you know, Trip has other parts where he talks about what are you valuing your identity? You know, do you want to look like a good parent? Because if that's what you're concerned about, you'll be concerned about your kid's behavior in public instead of worrying about your kid. You'll be like embarrassing me, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and so if you find yourself constantly escalating in punishment, constantly escalating in your voice or in your intensity or just finding just ways to like mold your kid, um, maybe take a step back. Take a step back and think about how, uh, what, what is your goal in disciplining your kid? And so there's a couple things that I think are helpful from the, the grace side. One is, are you praying for your kid? Because the person who changes your child is going to be God, mm-hmm. right? The Holy Spirit is going to change your, your child. Another one is, and this is a big one, is confessing your sin and confessing it to your children when you screw up. So right. that they see that you need Christ. And then they'll understand that they, they need, need Christ. Christ. Um, confessing your need, saying, you know, I don't have all the answers. I need Jesus to help me be a good parent, just like you need Jesus to be a good son or daughter. Um, and then lacing your speech with uh, the Gospels. Uh, with, with the Gospel. <laughs> I don't know how I wrote down Gospels. Lacing your speech with the Gospel, I think, is really big. And that's just like more of a... Uh, one thing I, I often find myself is when I get busy, I rely too much on negative discipline. And the first thing that goes is the positive discipline. And what that is, is discipline is is this form of like, you know, when you get up in the morning, you work out, that's positive discipline. That's not negative, right? And so you have negative reinforcement and you have positive reinforcement. And so the idea of like, when we got really busy, the fir- one of the first things to go was family devos. And I was, and there's an immediate <laughs> effect, like, you know, within a week, like I'm seeing a difference. And then once I put it back in place, I'm like, I forgot. They internalize the good things, right? And if you're on, honestly only just, you're just giving them this void and and this fence where they stay inside the void, they won't get it, right? Um, a big part of this, I was struck by this the other day when I looked at my kids, they're fighting each other. I said, stop fighting. And then I remembered something I had started to say. And for some reason I fell out of the habit which is okay. That's part of being a parent. Right. You get back to it. I said, you need to be peacemakers, not peace breakers. And that was a moment for me of recollection that peace is not the absence of fighting. Peace is a productive thing that fighting breaks. It's a, not, not just a productive thing. It's a, it's a place of rest. It's a place of community. It's a very powerful thing because there's, there is peace there. There's uh, a rest and uh, confidence in a relationship, and that will be broken within a fight. Yeah, and so when you when you fighting, you're not like uh, peace is not can, the can absence of fighting. Can you tell us what you did so. when they were fighting, or was that just like the other day when they were squabbling? PJ put them both in the same in one oh, T-shirt. <laughs> I'd seen that online. It was it did not work out as intended. So uh, I'd seen. I think it was America's oh, Funniest Home Video. Better. He put them in. <laughs> They were not happy that they were in the same T-shirt. He put both boys in his T-shirt. A giant T-shirt, yeah. Right. And I they, had, it was actually one of the, it was like a triple XL. I don't know why I had one of those, but. Well, uh, it wasn't mine. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> but, but no, definitely not. The cool not. thing was they were, Finn didn't want me to be, to, to be seen 
with Soren in it. He was embarrassed. It was, my saw, goal wasn't to embarrass right. him. Well, but, at yeah. first he was, but then they started laughing. Then they started having fun with it. And then they didn't want to get out of the t-shirt. And <laughs> instead of being, that was like, they, they were enjoying it. Yeah, but it, it worked so. in some way. You made them recognize the other person was important. And it's hard to have, they started to have fun together. And that's like, because peace can sometimes feel like the absence of fighting and it's not, it gives priority to fighting, right? It's like, uh, and that's where people like peace is boring. It's like, peace isn't boring. Like, you just don't know what peace is, right? right. Like, peace isn't boring. <laughs> that, that's not said by just somebody that's old, but at peace mm-hmm. is enlightening. It's freeing. It's, um, I don't know, just uh, uh, such a resting, and especially when you are re- resting in Christ. You know, when I, I see a couple things here, first of all, when you bring grace in, mm. and I'm doing this right now, uh, this a lot of analogies with trees and growth, sowing and so reaping. Good. But when you bring peace in, your relationships, not only uh, this grace comes in, it grace gets deeper in your life. It goes down. It starts to have this foundation of strength. And then thus you look up and thus go, grace is up. And then you see the grace of God and you see the gr- need for others and the grace. And then your grace goes out. Hmm. You pour it out to people. And I really believe the first step for a parent to give grace to others, the first one is they got to give grace to themselves because they have to understand the grace. And then they have to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thus, it gets deeper in their life. And then they can look to Jesus when things are going on. That is, the grace goes up. And then they're able to give it out. And that's really been very important for me to recognize as I navigate different struggles with life that is in front of me. Hmm. How can I give grace? And obviously, PJ started this with parenting, and it's very, very important. But how do you give grace to your uh, spouse? Yeah, your spouse your teammate at work, um, your family uh, that's extended, how do you show grace and the need for it? Can I, uh, and maybe I misunderstood, and if I did, that's fine. I, I think a minor correction, when you start out, you say, give grace to yourself. But really, that's receiving grace, right? Because right. it's well, not- that, That's what I mean by grace comes in. Gotcha. You have to accept yes, it. You have to receive it. You have to understand, it. boy- okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, God has given me grace. Why do I beat my... I, right. God, forgive me and let me rest in you, taking his grace on. Gotcha. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I was tracking with you there because yeah. like, it's Very not... Good. The grace doesn't start with us. No, it's all... It begins with God and yeah. he... Uh, literally, I want to say feeds it to us, but he does in, in a lot of ways. And that's what we are... Uh, I've been consistently talking to Matt, a uh, pastor I'm church planning with, and he when we talk about parenting, he keeps talking about we are, that Jesus was the image of the invisible God. And as parents, we are, um, you know, when they see God the Father, they, like, when, even in First John, how do we know Jesus' love? We know Jesus' love because of other believers, because no one's ever seen God, mm-hmm. but we know his love through other believers. And so this idea that um, in parenting, in the workplace, with your spouse, that we have to start by receiving grace and then giving that grace. And um, and that's really, 
you know, it might hurt to have your arm yanked when you're being pulled out from in front of a car, but that's, that's grace, right? Like, I mean, so there, there are moments where correction hurts, but the, if it's governed by grace, it's going to look different than just like, well, don't any you dare revelation go where <laughs> Revelation where we recognize we're needy, mm. we don't, uh, you know, and that's why, you know, God gives more grace to the humble than, mm. and, right? He gives and he giveth and he giveth again. Um, and so that yanking of an arm to move somebody out, yes, not only hurts, but it's a recognition of your ineptness and your humility, like, oh my goodness, I'm in need. But God has always worked in broken things. And God uh, takes our brokenness and uses it for his glory and his goodness. Can't think of a better way to end it. Thank there you, you go. Ben. Love you. Love you too. <laughs>